Hello and welcome to The Long Drive Home. I'm your host, Patrick Mason, uh, on my long drive home. This is a show about uh, Christianity and Catholicism in specific. Uh, And I am not uh, church-approved or um, Catholic-approved, and that is because I am literally driving right now and therefore do not have a catechism or a Bible in front of me and cannot... uh, uh, reference that, and so uh, there's a, a real chance I could remiss, misremember something or get something wrong, and while I attempt to stay faithful to the magisterium of the church as much as possible, uh, there is a chance I won't, and uh, if you find that I have not, please feel free to correct me, um, in so much as those things which I, are dogma doctrine that I get uh, incorrect stuff that's up for theological debate, um, well, we can all have our opinions, and I'll, I'll be sure to express something that is my opinion uh, when I definitely know it's just my opinion. So, uh, moving on, the question I've got is about um, predestination. So, okay, so the concept, you have uh, predestination you have double predestination. Um, you've got the role of free will and uh, the dogmas of heaven and hell. So, how does all that interplay? What does it all mean? What's the Catholic Church's position? Because the word uh, pre predestined or predestination, well, not really predestined, but predestined shows up a couple times in the Bible. Um, or preordained is sometimes how it's um, actually see that so you'll see God chose those he, he who he preordained so I'll just put the dogmas out there and then we'll talk about how they interplay the first dogma is that humans have free will to choose good and evil and that that choice between good and evil and let me define good God is good and I don't mean that in uh, God has the trait of good literally God is good um, or goodness Uh, I think it's easier to just say good so you can choose God or not with your free will if you choose uh, not God there's a consequence if you choose God there's a consequence Um, the next dogma is those consequences heaven and hell so heaven is the place where God is with God um, and therefore goodness and love um, because God is goodness and love and truth and beauty so that is heaven and then hell is where God is not and therefore because God is not there there is no goodness or love or truth and beauty is the real scary part about hell. Um, so, if you choose God, then you go to God. If you don't choose God, then you don't go to God. So, you have free will, consequences, and the consequences are um, hell, which is um, a terrible place because there's no love and no goodness there because there's no God. Um, and uh, with God, which is where all love and goodness is. So, 
alongside that, we have God is omniscient. He knows everything. And he's eternal. So he's not bound to space-time. He he exists in an eternal form. Meaning he he does not experience... the universe in sequential fashion. He sees the end and the beginning at the same time. Quote unquote sees, because even that's um, anthropomorphizing God, anthropomorphizing, making God human like. Um, but he sees the beginning and the end at the same time in what we call the eternal moment. Um, so he sees your entire life the way the, one of the, the descriptions C.S. Lewis had. And, and all of these um, analogies, metaphors, whatever you want to call them, depending on whether I use the word like, if they don't work for you or they're a stumbling block, throw them away and find something else because they're all imperfect. One of the things you're going to find out about God is his very nature is somewhat mysterious simply because we don't have the ability to uh, understand what being omniscient or omnipotent or omnipresent really means. We can uh, talk about it in an intellectual way, but we don't necessarily know the ins and outs of it. So, just keep that in mind. These are metaphors. They aren't actually how the thing necessarily works. Good metaphor from C.S. Lewis about God's interaction with uh, the universe and the time the space-time continuum is if you were to draw a line on a piece of paper with a starting point and say t equals zero and all the way to another point and say, you know, the end of the world or the end of time um, and then put ticks along that time and maybe put a tick to say, you know, I am here or this is my life, <coughs> then God is the paper that you drew that line on. He... Uh, is both everywhere in the timeline um, and he is around the timeline so he sees all the timeline at the same time (coughs) the uh, other way I've heard it put which is a decent analogy is that you have a guy standing on a tower and he is watching a parade go by below and he can see the beginning because he's so high up he can see both the beginning and the end of the parade but uh, just because he can see the beginning of the end, end of the parade doesn't mean he can enact his will upon the beginning of the end or, or the end of the parade. He sees it all at the same time. So those are the two analogies to describe the kind of eternal omniscience that God has uh, concerning the, the you know, space-time-bound universe we find ourselves in. All right, so... Given those, given that, we have to come to the conclusion, and Scripture comes to the conclusion, that because God uh, exists in eternity and is not uh, time-bound and does not see things sequentially, that He sees, uh, a, you know, He sees your creation, your choice, and your eventual consequence all at the same time. So. 
the moment you're created, he also sees the moment you choose to reject him and pick hell, or choose to accept him and pick heaven. He sees it all, and that is what we refer to uh, as, as, or that is a piece of the omniscience. So, something to keep in mind. The next thing, uh, next piece of dogma is that God wills for everybody. It is God's. I'll, I'll use the I'll use the word one to make it easier. It is God's desire that everybody be saved. God being good, goodness. God being good and love. His desire is for all His created creatures to uh, choose Him and be with Him in good and goodness and love for all eternity. That's God's desire. <coughs> However, um, you balance that against free will. We know that God can't force it, so He cannot. If we if we have both of those uh, statements as true, we have free will, but God wants us to choose Him. We know, therefore, from those two, that God will not force us to choose Him because He leaves our free will intact. So. Given all that, um, God creates beings, and then they choose not, not Him, and then they suffer uh, eternally in hell. So, um, it leaves a lot of question marks. Um, like the big ones, why? Um, and unfortunately. We don't have a real, like we have theological answers, but we don't have a real comforting emotional answer on that one. And um, it's mostly because, like I said before, God is an omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent being. And so trying to get into God's head and figure out why God did something, especially something as... Um, fundamental as create the universe or create people or create beings that have free will you're asking questions beyond the kind of moral reason unfortunately <laughs> what we do know is that if we choose God when we die we're going to be with God and therefore being with God will know um, so there is at least that comfort but on to this, um, the question was about predestination or double predestination, as some Calvinists, or as Calvinists believe. So, uh, predestination refers to God's want for all beings to be saved, preordained. And you find in the scripture something like God preordained these people to be there. What that refers to is God's want to bring everyone to him colliding with, with uh, God's establishment of our free will. So this also kind of goes back to God being omnipotent and the universe being made from you know by him and being sustained. So what we end up with 
is to be saved by God because um, over the court, well, okay. So it's deep theological conversation, so I'm having to bring in a lot of concepts. So we'll have to bring in sin. So sin is when you choose not not God. You pick something over, over God. God says, hey, if you love me, um, you know, you'll... You'll stay faithful to your wife and you love her. And then, you know, the person cheats on their wife. That's that's a sin. They chose not God. Um, typically, choosing not God means you chose uh, to harm one of God's uh, creatures for your own selfish pleasure. Um, occasionally, it means uh, just um, harming yourself for selfish pleasure. So, but... It, you're still one of God's creatures, so the, the first thing I said still holds. You're, you're harming one of God's creatures for your own selfish pleasure. Alright, so if you have sinned, um, then you need to be able to make up, you need to be able to choose God after that. And so that uh, whole forgiveness thing becomes important. And so that, that becomes what choosing God is for uh, most most people, the vast, vast, vast majority of human beings, simply because they sin at some point. And basically, when we say, hey, we're sinners, but we want to be with you, God, God gives us the grace to um, to be with him to be to follow his will um, and to uh, remain with him so the the grace basically to be with God is a gift from God but your free will has to be enacted in order to ask for that grace so <clears throat> The way pre or you know the pre when you use predestination or preordain, what it comes down to is God knows who's going to ask, and so He makes the grace available to whoever asks, and He knows who's going to ask. Um, there now, so the Calvinist way of looking at it says that there's no free will. Um, <clears throat> that God preordains people um, from the get-go saying, you know, you're damned no matter what you do and you're going to heaven no matter what you do and I'm giving you the grace or I'm deciding not to give you the grace to do that. So the, the differences between the two the Catholic position and the Calvinist position is, uh, the, is free will. In the Calvinist position, uh, no act of the human person has any effect on whether or not they get to spend eternity with God in heaven. And from the Catholic perspective, um, only an act of uh, free will, except you know, accepting the grace of God. Basically, all it takes is asking, because that's you know that's how much God loves us. He makes it as easy as possible. All you have to do is ask. <clears throat> and so um, 
That's the difference. In the Calvinist position, you there's no asking. Um, you either have it or you don't. In the um, Catholic position, you have to ask, and you because you have free will. Um, and so, from the the uh, Catholic uh, perspective, God, while He can see everything. Uh, happening, he is uh, constraining himself from uh, forcing his will to override your free will. And in the Calvinist perspective, or what we call double destination, d- double predestination, he uh, does not constrain his his will. He just picks people and says, "You're going to heaven, and you're not." <clears throat> um, the problem, the major problem with the Calvinist position is um, it gets rid of free will, which it it makes that why question even bigger and even crazier, um, because God goes from being uh, someone who mysteriously created beings with free will that can choose love and goodness, um, and it ultimately gives people what they want, which is either himself or, or not himself, but he gives people what they want. He doesn't... Nobody goes to hell unless they want to. Um, but in the Calvinist position, God goes from being someone who... Sorry, in the Catholic position, God is, is a being who mysteriously created um, other creatures with intelligences and free will who enact that free will and have consequences because of that free will. Now, uh, God goes from that into being a, an omnipotent uh, tyrant, more or less, who decides some people go to hell, uh, who creates creatures specifically to suffer eternally um, with no chance of, of salvation. So... It, it makes God a tyrant um, and a kind of a whimsical tyrant. <laughs> um, and instead of being, you know, love and goodness, it's hard to attribute either of those to a God who just picks people. Um, you know, you're going to hell. You, you get to spend an eternity without love and goodness. You get to spend an eternity with love and goodness, and there's nothing either of you can do to change that fact. Um, that is double predestination. That's the Calvinist position. There is no nothing the believer can do um, to gain or lose salvation. It's all in the hands of God. Um, and the, the doctrine kind of evolved out of the concept that um, God being all-powerful and having made the ultimate sacrifice, Jesus Christ having made the ultimate atoning sacrifice on the cross... Um, you know, obviously God did all the work, right? There's no way people, mere people, could do any of this work. Um, the problem is that it overshadows the the gift of God, which is free will. Um, and so it says, well, because God is all powerful, you know, there's no free will, which we don't find uh, biblically. Um, at all, what we find is Jesus constantly telling people, you know, straighten up and fly right, you know, feed the homeless, or 
Oh, yeah. To feed the hungry, shelter the homeless, drink to the thirsty, visit those in prison, um, comfort to the dying and the sick. Um, and that's how you get to heaven. If that, if that's true, then it's hard to say, you know, somebody who isn't doing those things is safe. It, it makes the construction of the universe vastly more uh, puzzling. Um, and so, you know, what we have very much uh, is a continual, um, is God continually asking us to come to him, uh, either through himself or through his son, Jesus Christ, and the church he placed on earth, and people of that church and the Holy Spirit moving people internally um, through recognition of their own place in the universe um, through working through their, their own joys and sufferings so that's the Catholic position on predestination is what, what predestination refers to when it comes up in the Bible is that God wills everybody or God wants everybody to go to heaven and those who do who decide to choose to go to heaven, he he gives them the grace to do it. Um, and those who don't, he, he doesn't because they don't will it. Um, it's one of the reasons in the Christian, um, you know, in the Christian faith, the concept of "I will be done, not mine," um, is so very very important because. God gives us the choice. We can do our own will if we want. We don't have to uh, um, do His will, um, but it comes with a price, and it's not a good one. It's it's, it's never worth it. <laughs> um, and that's what I love about God. He's always He's always willing to take us back. There's no There's no uh, There's no sin, no circumstance too terrible, nothing. There is no uh, unforgivable sin. The the one that shows up in the Bible, you know, where you, uh, I think some people refer to it as grieving the Holy Spirit or the sin against the Holy Spirit. What that means is literally the you refuse to accept God's grace um, and His salvation via the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the instrument of that grace in your life. So that, obviously that's, uh, unforgivable because that's literally what damns you to hell is the rejection of God. So if you repent of that rejection, you're fine. But if you persist in that rejection, um, then you know that's what damns you to hell. So because that's what hell is, it's the place without God, and God gives ultimately on their death, God gives people what they want. So. Um, so that's predestination and the difference between the Calvinist pre, double predestination and the um, Catholic um, free will predestination, I call it. But, um, oh yeah, sorry. And the, the reason the Calvinist uh, version is called double predestination is because God both uh, predecides who's going to heaven and then also. Um, gives them the grace to, to get there. And, whereas in the Catholic version, God leaves the choice up to us and then gives the grace 
to those uh, Buchus for him. <clears throat> and this is all done from, from God's perspective in eternity, so it's done from his perspective the moment you're created. It's all done. Because he sees your creation, your life, your death, all at the same quote-unquote time or moment or perpetual moment. Much as the piece of paper sees the line, uh, the timeline on it, or the person on the high tower sees the whole parade. So that is um, predestination and double predestination and the difference between the two and the Catholic position. Um, you have free will. You can choose God or not choose God. Uh, God is all love and all good. Um, despite what some of his followers you might think. So that is what we've got for you this afternoon. The Catholic view on predestination is that while God knows uh, everything that's going to happen, he still allows us to make our decision uh, about what is going to happen. And he, if we decide for him, he grants us the grace uh, to um, persist in that decision. So... Um, that is a long drive home. I hope you had a good drive home or have, are having a good day or whatever, however you're listening to this, that you're doing well. And we will end with a prayer. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Dear God, the Father of heaven and earth, we thank you today for the graces of our day. Thank you for giving me a safe drive and give all the listeners uh, your grace and your uh, mental acuity so that they may sift through the spaghetti of uh, random concepts that I presented to them so that it is intelligible. Uh, Dear Lord, in your name we pray, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. May your will be done. Your Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you, everybody. Have a good day.